Welcome to Financially Unstable College Kids, brought to you by the College Uproar. We are four college students just trying to bring our content for the kids, by the kids, and to keep you up to date on the latest news from all areas of interest. Our hosts are... My name's Alec. I go to UGA. I'm Brian. I go to William & Mary. Hey guys, I'm Henry. I go to Northwestern. And I'm Matt, and I go to Michigan. Matt from Michigan. So we're, we're all from Atlanta, but we will be bringing you content from our various college experiences all across the nation. This week, we've got a wide variety of sports and new topics, and we will have a special guest flying in all the way from Richmond, Virginia. We hope you enjoy our show. Now, welcome to the first episode of Financially Unstable College Kids. <laughs> so Matt's doing the intro music. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so sports, we're going to start off with the best and worst things each one of us saw this week. Matt, you want to kick us off? Yeah, so as I said, I'm Matt, and I go to Michigan. We can cut that. Uh, anyway, Michigan, so Michigan baseball... Michigan baseball advanced to the College World Series finals for the first time since 1984. Uh, it came into the tournament as one of the last four in the tournament. And the best thing I saw this week was Michigan defeating Vanderbilt in game one of but, the College World Series. But unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, they just lost uh, the last two games. The, the third game concluded about 30 minutes ago, and they. they were the runner-ups this year, but for an unranked team who barely squeezed into the tournament, I will take that as a very successful season. I mean, very I successful mean, season for Michigan. You know what they say, Matt. It, if you're not first, then you're last. So this is the first loser. Yeah, oh. good for them, but really, silver <laughs> could have been a worse thing we saw this week. I don't know. No, I, but I have uh, two funnier worth worsts. So, wait, so was that a worst? You're, so you're saying your best oh. was actually a worst. <laughs> well, the best. Right, I wrote this, it was the best. And it turned into a worst, but whatever. So my first worst of the week, Max Scherzer. I don't know if y'all all know who Max Scherzer is. He is a starting pitcher for the uh, Washington Nationals. He was taking batting practice this week, and he went to practice a bunt. Because, you know, pitchers aren't very good hitters. They need to learn how to sacrifice bunt. He went to go lay one down and fouled a baseball off his bat into his face and gave himself a black eye. And I believe he missed his start that day because he gave himself a black eye in batting practice. But then, but then he started two days later. I think he had 10 strikeouts in the game. Yeah, so, you know. So it's a best. A <laughs> so Matt's best was oh. the worst, and his worst was the best. <laughs> I mean, doesn't he have like two different color eyes anyway? I don't think it really matters which one is black. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I guess that's fair. All right. All right. And my second worst of the week 
was a man at a minor league baseball game was filmed eating mayonnaise out of a jar with a large spoon. Mm. Just like sitting, just sitting there chilling, eating some mayo. That's uh, that's my worst of the week. Wow, I, I, I mean, think that that's the best too. I mean, I uh, this man, that's a definitely. He's living life to the fullest. No, 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 no. He's living life to the fullest. He doesn't care about the future. He's living in the present day. He doesn't care if his arteries get clogged. <laughs> he doesn't care about anything except for just chilling out at his ball game, eating some mayo. I, I respect it. Sounds like a stretch to me. I mean, yeah. I mean, I've heard mayonnaise is a is a lubricant for your arteries. Really, I didn't hear that. <laughs> I've heard it just gets everything just flowing through better. So I I agree with Brian here. I think that is for sure a best of the week. So you flip Matt's best and worst, and you have the real best and worst of the week so for me uh best of the week the yankees uh they have a home run in 28 straight games now which is the mlb all-time record uh however is that actually yeah yeah it is uh the previous was somebody in 2000 it was the rangers um but the thing is this year the baseballs are like quote-unquote juiced so there's a lot more home runs so i don't know how legit this record really is but the Yankees are back to full strength with a couple players off the injured list. Um, Gary oh, yeah. Sanchez has eight home runs over this stretch. DJ LeMahieu, probably an all-star, has seven. And Glaber Torres with six. So I'd say that's a, that's a pretty solid best right there. I will say, though, that uh, uh, I think Stanton just went back on the injured list today. Yeah, I think he did. He strained something in his arm. Yeah. I don't know. Um, all right, for my worst of the week is uh, Luke Jackson. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Luke Jackson is the quote-unquote closer for the Braves. I say quote-unquote because he absolutely sucks. He in, in his last 13 appearances, he has blown four saves, which you know some of you may not mean much, but that is absolutely atrocious. The, uh, the official college uproar stance on Luke Jackson is fuck a bitch named Luke Jackson. And my my second worst of the week is the Phillies. They are doing really poorly. They were beating the Braves as of uh, a week and a half ago this time, and now I think they're down six games and got swept by the Marlins, who are one of the worst teams in baseball. Jeez. So, yeah, really that's, really not what you want to see out of a team that spent $300 million on a player on the offseason. Alec, do you like baseball? I, I do. I do, <laughs> Henry. Just a I little bit. <laughs> All right, let's move on to Brian. All right, so my best this week in sports. Shout out to the U.S. women's soccer team in the World Cup this summer. These ladies have been moving along quite well. Um, They had easy shutout victories over Thailand and Chile and Sweden. And then most recently, they faced their most fierce competition, Spain, and narrowly escaped 2-1. After some controversial calls, yeah, their their only uh, goals in that game were off PKs. It's true. It's true. And next week they will face France. Wait, no, sorry, not next week. Friday they will face France, and um, they will hopefully continue showing the world that the U.S. women are a force to be reckoned with. Apparently, France is mm-hmm. like number two in the world. So, <laughs> well. Guess what country's number one in the world? <laughs> there you go. That that was anyway, my best, but you had already written it down. So 
I had to I had to change. I was gonna do non baseball, but then I just had to go back to baseball. Gotcha. Oh my god, I like, um, like baseball. Yeah, Matt, do you go to Michigan? <laughs> um anyway, my worst of the week, which I guess based on your perspective, could also be interpreted as a best. Um so John Daly, um, playing in the American Family Insurance Championships. Um he had an interesting shot on the 18th hole. It went about 100 feet to the right of the green, actually landed in the grandstands, rolled down the bleachers, and um, like ricocheted off and rolled within 10 feet of the hole. Easy putt how's, to go in. How is that a worst? Where's the worst? Because he hit it into the grandstands. Yeah, but have you seen Happy Gilmore? It was probably intentional. I mean, Happy Gilmore, he hits it off, like, five different things and goes in the hole. If you're comparing the PGA Championship to Happy Gilmore? No, I'm comparing John Daly to Happy Gilmore. That's fair. That's fair. I don't know. I mean, I just thought it was a complete joke that he hit it into the stadium, but with the bleachers, I don't know. Alec, that's like Tom Brady throwing a pass into the stands. No, John Daly yeah. is not Tom Brady. And like somebody like hitting it off and like, I don't know. I'm sorry, but John Daly is not Tom Brady. You cannot compare those two people as athletes. All right, all right, fine, fine, fine. It'd be like he would be like, uh, like Trevor Simeon throwing it up or into the James stands. Winston. James yeah. Winston. There you go. There you, I like. That. It would like that's a good one. He would throw. He would like throw it in the crowd. Hit a metal pole. And bounced right into Deshaun Jackson's outstretched arms. Yeah. If he hadn't been traded to the Phillies or the uh, Eagles for this year. Right. Right. But. In the Mike Evans leaping over some poor cornerback. That's right. What it would be. Right. All right, Henry. What we got? All right. So my best for this week was the NBA draft, which happened last Thursday. Um, very fun event. A lot of nice fits out there. All the players were looking great. Uh, so a couple guys slid very far in the draft. Kevin Porter, Kevin Porter Jr. slid to number thirty, and Bull Bull, in a surprising turn of events, oh, got thirty yeah. fourth overall. What was that? Thirty fourth. Yeah, yeah. You got a feel for those guys. Um, otherwise, um, the Pelicans were big winners. They took home Zion Williamson with the first overall pick and also traded back for Jackson Hayes, who should be a pretty productive center. Um, the Hawks were big winners as well, traded up for DeAndre Hunter and also took Cam Reddish. And I'm going to hit y'all with a hot take. I think Cam Reddish, when it's all said and done, will have a better career than his Duke teammates, Zion and RJ Barrett. That is, a, wow. that is a scorching take. Listen, I'm honestly here for that take because I think, you know, Zion is obviously is the overall number one, no debate, no question. But Cam Reddish has all the tools to be a very dominant player in the NBA. In college, he's, he was never able to put it all together for the whole season. You know? So right. I think... If he can figure it out with some good coaching and some uh, better playmakers around him, like shout out Trey Young, uh, he can really th- put together a great career. So I'm, I'm here for that take, Henry. Yeah, I just think he 
he's in a great position on the Hawks. He's got a great foundation around him. And I think at Duke, he just didn't really get a chance to shine the way that Zion and RJ did. So um, brief, brief shout out here to Uproar the Podcast. Um, they, they've yeah. already <laughs> predicted this, at least Zion being bad. You know, they, they've said that uh, Zion going to New Orleans, he is going to get hooked on beignets and be weighing about 300 <laughs> pounds going into next season. So check out Uproar the Podcast on thecollegeuproar.com or on Spotify, or Apple Music. I mean, I wouldn't blame him. Beignets are really good, so <laughs> I'm here for that. Brian, you're lucky you don't live in New Orleans, or you probably wouldn't be swimming at Wayne Mary. There you go. There you go. All right, so I'm going to move on to my worst, which is also a best, honestly. Uh, also, last Thursday was the season premiere of the ABC hit TV show, Holy moly, uh, which is basically a combination of wipeout and mini golf. So it is the greatest mini golf course ever assembled. And 12 of the best mini golf competitors in the world come together every Thursday night. um, And they have a tournament. It is wildly entertaining Rob Riggle and Joe Tessitore are the commentators. Steph Curry makes about five cameos in it. Um, I, I just cannot stress how much this is a must-see TV event happening every Thursday, prime time on ABC. Must-see. Lots of wipeouts. Lots of great putts. So Was, was Shia LaBeouf on, on uh, Holy Moly, or did I just make that up? You just made that up. He was Are not you sure. I'm gonna look this up. I have two questions, Henry. Later in the show. What are your questions, though? First of all, how many top mini golf players are there? If there's 12, 12 every week, like there can't be that many people who are like competitive mini golf players. Well, I could be wrong. See, that's what I thought going into Thursday night. After seeing the skills on display in the holy moly competition now i know that there is a whole host of competent strong putters out there competent are you are you featuring uh any uh any mini golfers in your scenario later in the episode <laughs> you know they might be coming off the bench but <laughs> six man a little six man at a mini golf six man action all right i'm done let's okay on. And okay. I just want to let all of our listeners know that, that was a official paid advertisement for Holy Moly, so go check it out. <laughs> official paid, yeah. Holy Moly is dropping checks on our podcast. Uh, anybody else have any anything sports any, before we move on? Yeah, Kenny G was also on Holy Moly on Thursday. <laughs> Saxophone player, he was great. All right, well, moving on. There you go. Is, is that all we got? I think so. I guess so. All right. uh, Moving on. We've got some news for the week. Uh, So I'll start it off. Um, Trump has imposed some sanctions on Iran. Um, Iran recently shot down an unmanned U.S. drone. And so Trump initially was going to like bomb a bunch of people or something. And he backed off. So now he's just putting sanctions. So oil prices are going up. So get ready to pay a little bit more for gas here in the not so distant future. Yeah, I think a big kind of reaction from that is, I read this the other day, the Democrats are like, 
trying to, and I guess some Republicans at this point too, not as many, but like a few Republicans are trying to shut down uh, a defense bill in the Senate so that like we can't move forward with just a war. Like if we don't have the spe- if we don't pass a spending bill for the military, like which is coming up like very soon, the next week or two, then we won't, we won't be able to, or Trump won't be able to, I guess, start a war on his own because the funding won't be there comp- completely for it. If that was my understanding of what the bill was. If if if, if anyone have any comments, I am not an expert. That was why I was able to understand from what I read. So. All right, nothing crickets. No, I, I mean I, I don't I don't have a whole lot more than than what I said. I mean, they like I said like he like what the Senate's trying to prevent. I mean he he was going to try and basically start a war on his own and kind of backed off it for whatever reason. And so obviously that scared some people uh, in in Congress. Um, so uh, I'm sure that's that's most what it is is they just don't want him to be able to pull that trigger so quickly. Right. All right. Anything? Uh, who who wants to go next? Matt, you got it. All right. Um, more in news. So tonight was the first night of the uh, Democratic debates. So there are twenty Democratic presidential candidates vying for that one spot. Well, okay, twenty-three. I'm sorry, twenty-three official candidates vying for that one spot to face off against President Trump in 2020. Uh, and 10 of them went out and debated against each other tonight. 10 more will be tomorrow. Um, and it's the first chance that we'll, and then the world will kind of get to hear all their opinions head to head. The other three um, will be right here on Financially Unstable College Kids. So, Yeah. Yeah, so check that out next week <laughs> as we bring in three presidential candidates <laughs> Who are vying to get listens because, you know, we have everyone paying attention to our podcast. I mean, they didn't they didn't quite make it on ABC or NBC. So holy moly, sent them our way. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on from that joke. Um, what else we got, Matt? Um, so a lot of controversy has occurred over the last uh, week about the conditions for detained illegal immigrants at the border, especially about children who are being detained. I know this is a controversial topic, but I just wanted to give a couple of quick facts. Um, so the children are children of who I believe were born in the States, but their parents were illegal immigrants. So their parents got detained and they had no choice but to also detain the children, right? Because they had nowhere else to go with these children. I'm not, I'm not sure whether it's that or people, that, people were trying to cross and they detained them once they caught them. I'm not sure which one it is. Okay. So it's either – I'm not – you know, I'm educated on the next part I'm about to say, but I'm not educated on why they're there. Clearly so, we know what we're talking about. <laughs> so clearly. <laughs> we did a lot of research before this for. podcast. So much, so much effort. Anyway, so there are both adults and children – who have been separated from each other in these detention camps um, and brought to light this past week by lawyers who were sent there because, you know, everyone who's detained has the right to, uh, to be in front of a court of law. 
So, because everyone in the United States is, you know, innocent before they're proven guilty. So, the the situation that the lawyers said that were appalling is that the children, you know, don't have um, blankets or soap or diapers, and that's kind of been a humanitarian crisis. Not crisis, I can't say that, but it's been a humanitarian issue that people all over social media are kind of getting worked up about because, you know, these children are super young, all the way from, like, newborn babies to, like, you know, six, seven-year-old children, and they're not being given the proper care. So that's been kind of a big point in the news lately. Yeah, so, I mean, it's something that is very controversial just because different sides are – the Republicans are saying, oh, they're – illegal so we shouldn't have to provide them certain things and democrats are saying well you know we we think they deserve these certain necessities so those are that's really what you're looking at for the sides there's one side saying we shouldn't have to provide them x y and z and the other side is saying i mean they're people too you should have to provide them these basic uh basic necessities but three billion dollars were just approved to hopefully hopefully go towards um, that issue we'll see where it actually goes or if that actually helps yeah. So on a, uh, on a little bit of a lighter topic, um, Tana Monjo, I think that's how you say that. Uh, she used to date Bella Thorne, if y'all know who that is, and is now engaged to Jake Paul. So all in all, oh, yeah. you got just three three great characters there, just intermingling, just procreating, making the human race better. We love, we just love to see that. That's uh, that's quite the flip flop, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody want to talk Ryan, about it? Uh, Ryan's here. Ryan's here for it. Anybody want to talk about uh, Jeopardy James? Tell me about Jeopardy James. I've never heard of him. Uh, Je- oh, okay. So Jeopardy James was uh, on the second most. He, he won the second most money on Jeopardy of all time. And this was recently. This was, I think he lost two and a half weeks ago or so. But he's decided now uh, he's going to move on playing the World Series of Poker. So he played this past week, and he, he, didn't, he didn't do so well. He only won something like $500. But he did pledge to donate half his winnings to charity, so he donated $250 to charity. So didn't do super well, but got some news coverage for World Series of Poker because everybody was um, – everybody was – interested to see if he could do anything and it didn't translate very well man i just want to say that jeopardy james is like has been the the golden goose of advertising for like both jeopardy and world Series of poker now like before he started winning was it like 20 something in a row no one fucking cared about jeopardy like no one watched jeopardy until james what are you talking about (laughs) Not Jeopardy's no been one. on for decades, man. I know, but like he's been on the air. Jeopardy. Henry, Henry, Henry. When's the last time at college you watched Jeopardy? You don't get like they have Jeopardy on Netflix, but like, but like Jeopardy's on Netflix. What Jeopardy's on Netflix. Yeah, they have like a season. Yeah, Jeopardy. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh-huh. Not no one watched it. Jeopardy was irrelevant. That's... It was on air. What? Hello, <laughs> dude. Who watches Jeopardy? So many people watch Jeopardy. That's like the number one sitting around in the afternoon show ever. 
No, no, that's that's Maury or uh, Dr. Phil. Brian, back me up on this. I'm sorry. Can you repeat what you said? Hey, Brian. <laughs> Jeopardy was popular before this James guy. Oh, 100%. 100%. Jeopardy, I mean, Jeopardy was around, like, when our parents were kids and when our parents' parents were kids. Like, it is Well, a, I, that was radio, so I don't, I don't know if it was around <laughs> then, but... No, all right, all right. but it's been it's been around for a long time, and it's been a very successful show. And there's a reason Listen. everybody knows the little dun 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 because it's Jeopardy, and everybody knows it. Okay, but listen, I'm not saying that it has not been around for a long time because it has. I'm just saying, in the national news level of news, it was irrelevant until James won twenty or so in a row. That's false. No, no, it, it was. No. He's right. I mean, I hadn't watched an episode of Jeopardy in, I mean, over a year until I heard of Jeopardy James. And I was like, oh, shit, like, I need to go watch this guy play. This show premiered in 1964. That's not that's not what we're saying. I'm saying oh, that. How did it survive that long until this savior? If it wasn't popular, then why would it, why would it be around for 50 years? Okay, it was just like the spike in ratings was probably massive. Since he lost, I haven't watched an episode. Okay, it was in, <laughs> in 2013, Jeopardy was ranked number 45 on the greatest TV shows in American history. And, uh, okay, that's not what we're saying. That seems that's pretty what we're to me. <laughs> Okay, whatever. We'll agree whatever. or disagree. We gotta move on. We have more. Okay. We have a lot more to okay. talk about today. All right. So uh, in North Carolina, you still got sharks uh, eating a bunch of people. Apparently, there was like a twelve-foot great white that got spotted on some beach down there. So uh, if you're planning on going to North Carolina to go to the beach, maybe don't if you don't want to die. So <laughs> or just don't here. go in the water. Well, we're we're looking out. Well, for that's our lame. Listeners. We're looking out for our listeners. We really want y'all to stay alive. Just so just instead of going to the beach, just stay inside, listen to financially unstable college kids. You'll be a lot happier. You probably won't die. Probably, but you never know. Yeah, that that's a official thing that we can say. If you stay inside and only listen to our podcast, you will not die from a shark attack. This is except if Sharknado happens. Okay, um moving on. Speaking <laughs> Speaking of uh, deaths on vacation, um, a tenth death in the Dominican Republic was reported this week. <laughs> so I I have been doing a little bit of research on this, but I still have quite a bit to to read. Um, and I can't I can't name a cause. Right well, that, all right, but I've got a, I've got a theory. Okay, I have so many questions right now. Yeah, me well, too. What do you Hold mean on. tenth death? Wait, have you not heard about this? No, I haven't heard about this. So there, so recently there have been a um, a number of deaths from American tourists in the Dominican Republic. They've all been staying at similar resorts, so like the Hard Rock Cafe, among other like similar resorts in similar areas. And they all, um, there are like a few like overlaps. Like some of them like drank from the mini bar right before they died, but their deaths are being reported as like natural causes, cardiac arrest. So the question is, is this out of the ordinary in terms of tourist deaths in the Caribbean? Because some people say no. Um, 
or is it something else? No, and I, I, so, go ahead. I, I feel like it's definitely out of the order, ordinary. I mean, this is in the last like three or four months that all 10 of these people have died, which is just a, mm-hmm. I mean, at a resort, like with pretty much no, I mean, th- there's not, I, like you're saying, I can't see a cause behind it. And these people really, I mean, they're not all dying of cardiac arrest. They're not all like 70 year olds who are in bad right. health. Right, right. Gotcha. And, and then the one thing that I've, I've seen kind of thrown around is, is there, you know, some kind of toxin that's going through the air? Because a lot of times um, the people were just found in their room and it was everybody who was staying in the room. Like there was a Maryland couple, I think, who had no prior health issues and they both were just found dead in the room. And so people are wondering, you know, is it something in the, in the air? Is it something in the water? But it wouldn't explain why it's just like a select 10 and not like everybody in the resort. Because people are continuing to stay at these resorts. They're not closing down or anything. I've, right, got, a, I've, I've got a theory. Okay. So did you all hear about those uh, the Navy pilots who spotted the um, uh, UFOs recently? I did not. So there was a story recently about some Navy pilots who spotted UFOs. They spotted them like 10 years ago, but it's only now getting released. But I'm just saying, now that we have this information, that aliens know we're aware of them, so they're killing people in the Dominican Republic. Okay, like, um, I'm not really sure where the relationship comes between an event that happened 10 years ago and the Dominican Republic, but I'm, I'm open to uh, speculation. Just, just think about it, okay? Just give it give it a thought. All right. Um, moving on. Um, so here on the podcast, um, I do a segment for y'all called Real News, Fake News. Um, wherever you fall on the political spectrum, there's no denying that there is fake news all around us. Um, and so we like to practice uh, spotting the fake news so that y'all can stay safe out there know that you're getting the right um the right information so i'll present three headlines two of which are completely true and one that is fake news and the other host will then guess which one they think is the fake news so this week we have some some wild headlines um first a woman named marijuana pepsi earned her phd after completing a dissertation on black beans uh, the 46-year-old was given this name at birth. Um, it's officially on her birth certificate. And the dissertation was titled Black Names in White Classrooms, Teacher Behaviors and Student Perceptions. Growing up, she said that she struggled with people, quote, standardizing my name on various school documents, changing it to words like Mary or similar. Um, so she feels like this way she can spread a message about her name. I, I did not know that marijuana or Pepsi were either historically black <laughs> names, but <laughs> well, I guess, uh, I guess that's the case for Miss Marijuana Pepsi or Dr. Marijuana Pepsi, I should say. Um, football star Rob Gronkowski suffered a minor injury at his Miami residence this past weekend during one of many retirement parties. 
Um, first responders reported that there were a few fireworks launched from inside of the mansion, creating a large hole in the roof, and that falling debris struck the um, struck the player above his left clavicle. But he was recently discharged from the Miami hospital, and he's at home um, in good health now, so so that's okay. Um, he was actually interviewed about his his uh, unorthodox spending habits. Um, we'll call it, uh, after the injury. And he said, um, quote, I get why people get jewelry now. Now I understand. <laughs> so um, <laughs> that's, that's Rob Gronkowski's take on jewelry. Um, finally, another Florida event. Um, a man was reunited with his prosthetic rubber ear after it was knocked out of his hand by a wave when on vacation in Tampa. Police reported that it had washed up on the shore and frightened several beachgoers. The man's wife called the police station saying that she had seen a post on Facebook about her husband's missing ear. She reported that he had forgotten to remove the ear before they went for a swim and was attempting to put it in his bathing suit pocket when he lost control after being hit by a wave. So. Wow. We got ear reunion. We got... Gronk's um, party fail, and we have Dr. Marijuana Pepsi. Which right, one? Brian, is Brian. News? A quick clarification to all of our listeners. Okay. You didn't like change one small detail about these things. Like, one of them is completely and utterly false, correct? That's, that's correct. One news story is completely made up. Huh, all right. This is this is a tough one, Brian. It's a doozy this week. Oh, yeah? I'm, I'm gonna go with the the Gronk injury, just because I think okay. I like I think I would have heard about it because I mean he's such a big name. I feel like I would have seen something about that, and I haven't. So that's that's what I'm gonna go with as my my first pick. Okay, all right. I'm gonna agree with Ellen. I okay. Think that's- I feel like the ear one is true because <laughs> I think we've all been there at the beach when you're trying to, like, it, you can't really put stuff in your pocket. It's just unreliable. That makes sense. Marijuana Pepsi also seems plausible. But I don't know about right. and the fireworks. I'm going to agree with Ellen. Okay. okay. Yeah, I'm going to be boring and agree with the, both of y'all, too, because I really think I heard something about the marijuana Pepsi or Dr. Pepsi. Okay. Um, and the ear one, well, Brian, you are very creative. I don't think you would have thought about a prosthetic ear falling out of a, someone's hand. And that's, that's just like, that seems too <laughs> crazy to be false. So I'm going to go with uh, Rob Gronkowski as well. Well, it looks like y'all have been brushing up on your fake news because you all three are correct. The fake news was Rob Gronkowski's party fail. Um, however, I would like to throw in the quote about the jewelry is a real quote. That is <laughs> not fake news. He literally said that word for word. Um, but the entire story surrounding the quote is fake. So good job, um, and uh, to our listeners, we hope that you learned a valuable lesson about fake news and will continue to. Uh, 
next time. All right. So um, now we're going to move on. We have a caller coming in from Richmond, Virginia. This is one of uh, one of Brian's friends, William and Mary. So this is uh, Willie, uh, who who uh, we're gonna we're gonna call in in just a second. So I'm gonna turn off my headphones here, and we're gonna we're gonna give this a go. Hey, Willie, you're on uh, Financially Unstable College Kids podcast. Uh, we're here with Brian, Matt, and Henry. Uh, I'm Alec. What's up, Billy? What's up? Can you can you hear them uh, over the over the speaker? All right. Yeah, I can hear them well. All right. Well, uh, what's up? Sweet, sweet. So not we much, not much. we we've got a we've got a few questions for you here. Um, first of all, we're going to start off with a with a classic. All right, you ready? I'm ready. Would you rather be guillotined? Or burned alive. Guillotine. Guillotine. <laughs> I'd rather be guillotined. Why is that? It's just quick, dude. I'm like, I'm not getting burned. That's fair. That's fair. That's, That's a good question. question. That's the right answer. The, yeah, that that is the right answer. I'll give you that one. Um, <laughs> if you were one of the seven deadly sins, which one would you be? Yo, who came up with these questions? Well, if you know all seven, because we can refresh. All right, we've got uh, pride, pride, covet, lust, anger, gluttony, envy, and sloth. I'd be sloth. Sloth. (laughs) Good call. Very talented. That is a good call. Yes. All right, now now on to a little little more relevant questions. Um, so what's what's Richmond like this time of year? Brian told us you're from Richmond. We're just trying to get a little bit of uh, your perspective on the. Uh, you know, I don't think any of us have been there. So what what's going on in Richmond? Yeah, um, I mean allergies are finally going away, so that's always a plus. Definitely. And you know, it's it's really humid out right now, but. We've had a few, there's been a few, there's like always events going on in the weekend, so the city's kind of opening up for the summer, I guess you could say. But there's a lot more people outside. So I, I, I've been there a few times this week with my friend, and there's just been a lot of people outside. Yeah. That's fun. Um, is, is Richmond a, is it a college town, or is it just like a regular, like... It's a city. I mean, is there. But I wouldn't say it's a college town. But okay. there are a lot of young people there. Okay, so, so it's a fun it's a fun time. So Brian told us you're a <clears throat> you're an NBA guy. So we're we were curious about the uh, the NBA awards. Do you think uh, Giannis should have won the MVP, or do you think maybe Harden should have got it? No, nah, it should have been Giannis hands down. Harden Harden's not MVP type player. He might be scoring champ, but he's not MVP. Wow. Lead the team. Henry, what what were you saying there? I feel like I feel like Harden should have gotten it. I think thirty five points a game, seven assists. That's just that's that's insane numbers. Giannis has a better team around him. I think. I don't. I I, I disagree. I mean, Harden has CP three. It's two All Stars at point guard. 
And and he got it done in a little more in the playoffs. True, true. That is true. But that's it's hard to ignore. So um and and the Bucks had the best record in basketball. That's true. I mean So uh all all the all the award winners except for uh, like all the individual player winners except for six men of the year uh were born outside of the US. Um what what do you what do you think about that? You think American basketball is on the decline? You think Team USA is going down next uh, next Olympics? Hmm. I didn't know that fact actually. Lou Williams is holding it down for the US. Yeah, it's kinda of disappointing that Lou Williams is our last hope. <laughs> Nah, I, I don't think U.S. basketball is going fix anytime soon, though. Um, I think that is surprising to me, but I feel like the NBA just has more international players coming into it, but it doesn't necessarily mean that the U.S. as a whole is kind of going down. I don't think we'll see that for a while. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I think I, mean, I will say it's kind of cool that they were on that most of the winners are international, but just you know. Says something about the game of basketball itself and how, like, you know, everyone can play basketball. And how everyone yeah, is, you know, yeah, all, these, all countries are having, like, really good players come and play the highest level in the United States. Uh, um, but I, I agree with you, Willie. I don't think the U.S. is in any danger to lose the World Cup. But we'll see. Yeah, I don't know. That's so little Shows what, Henry? I think it shows a little bit of a decline. And I think. I feel like we have a pretty bad youth basketball setup for like AAU and the way that players are sort of scouted and recruited these days and taught is kind of kind of putting us behind some of these international talents. Yeah, I kind of agree. I think our setup could definitely use some work. I don't think the AAU system is the best, especially for developing talent. Well, I mean, you go, always go train with LeVar Ball. <laughs> yeah, that, that's where all the international guys are going, actually. So that's why they're that's why they're doing better, probably. Um, should Trey Young have been Rookie of the Year? So we're all from Atlanta, so there is a right answer to this question. But what do you think? Hmm. I'm, I'm gonna have to. I, I'm going to probably tell you guys what you think is the wrong answer, but I don't, I don't think he should have. Well, yeah, that is... Really? Okay, you tried. Um, who, you're who not was, representing... You're not, you're not helping us represent Atlanta. <laughs> who, who is your NBA team? I like the Celtics. Celtics? Celtics how, how, how do you think they did in the draft? I'm... Bad. pretty happy with how they did in the draft. I trust them. <laughs> oh. Henry's saying y'all did pretty bad. Bad picks. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I, I, I think they did all right for the picks they had. I think, I don't know, Danny Ainge always is cooking up something in the back, I feel like. He's always working on something. Do you think, uh, you, you think you're going to lose Kyrie? Yeah, definitely. I'm kind of sad, but I think it's going to be good. <laughs> Nah, Kyrie is a locker room cancer. Okay, really? He, he, yeah, yeah, he broke apart your team's chemistry. Get out of there. Wow. Yeah. 
That's bold. All right, and so our 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 last little question here for you, or I guess two questions, is uh, what what do you like or not like about William and Mary? We're trying to get some different perspectives on different colleges here for the podcast. So, what about William and Mary? What what are the pros? What are the cons? What what do you got going on? Um. So I feel like what I like and dislike is probably the same thing, and it's like the size of the college. Oh. So kind of. It's it's benefit, but it's also it's downfall. Like I like the size and that you know we're a smaller school, and so we get to. It's, I feel like it's a tight knit community around campus, um, but also you see a lot of familiar faces. And at times, I do wish that it was a little bit bigger of a school, um, which I think would just help with like sports and, and student body involvement in general. But. Yeah, that's probably it's just like the size of it. it. It has a lot of pros, but it has some downfalls too. Gotcha. Well, I would I would agree with that. I would agree with that. All right. Also, a little bit uh, people know a little bit too much about us sometimes, which is a little <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a small campus, so uh, word word gets around. <laughs> yeah, I've got you. All right, Willie. Well, thanks for coming on. Um, hopefully, Brian, you know, continues. Being Brian, I guess. Um, <laughs> thanks, thanks for coming on the podcast. Yeah, guys, awesome. Thanks Sounds for good. having me. Yep. All right, so that was yeah, that was Willie, Brian's friend. Um, got a lot of a lot of nice little takes there. Got a little info on William and Mary. So now, um, Matt, you want to you want to move on? You want to give us a little bit of an intro to uh, to music? Yeah. So I'm a pretty big uh, music nerd, and I'm a- yep. Yep. And I'm actually. Hey, I'm just going to live that way. I love Henry. Henry's <laughs> back up on Migos. Yeah. Throwing him out. All right. So this this past week in new music, we had it was kind of a down week. I wouldn't say anything too big. Although Lil Nas X did drop his debut EP. Um, but I will be doing a review on that and the emergence of country rap this weekend on the College Uproar, so tune into that. I will save those reviews for my article. However, there were a a few big-name artists who came out with singles this week, so I wanted to kind of talk about a few of those. Um, The top, I think, top three or top four, in my opinion, uh, Nicki Minaj dropped a song called Megatron. Uh, Lil Baby and Future dropped a song that I really liked called Out the Mud. Migos. Henry, you can add it for Migos now. Migos. Migos. Dropped a song called Super Bowl. And, Mama. And, and Sean Mendez and Camila Cabello dropped a joint track called Senorita. That was a very uh, romantic song. So I wanted to kind of give my quick view. I think, I think Nicki Minaj, so sorry with Nicki Minaj's new song. I think she is a great feature artist. I just don't like her solo stuff. That's just my personal opinion. I think it's just kind of tired and the same. All the songs of hers that are like her only sound kind of the same. So that was kind of boring for me. Uh, the Little Baby and Future song, I thought it was really good. I know Brian was calling me earlier this week. He was talking about how much he loved it, so I guess he can talk about that later. 
Yep. Migos is starting to decline. I, okay, I want to say, I want to say something to preface the Migos. <laughs> we can't, we can't interrupt. Migos is starting to decline. <laughs> yeah. Right. Hold on. This Let him deliver this take. This is my hottest. This is my hottest take to date. Migos is on the decline. Um. I I agree. I agree. Yeah. And I love the Migos, so that's like, I mean, that's hard for me to say, but I fully agree. I just. So, I saw the release on, on my album music, and the the title, Stripper Bowl, right, I I was a little bit underwhelmed, I guess, because I thought they could have come up with something more creative. But I wanted to just take a look back at some of the most popular songs that we've had over the past decade or so, um, with the word stripper in the title, so that, you know, you can kind of see what kind of song we should expect when we see a song called Stripper Bowl. So, so um, right right here, I'm going to insert a little montage of all the stripper songs, just like back to back to back, give our listeners that content. Okay, perfect. So, um, you know, there's there's T-Pain's uh, big, big hit from the 2000s, I'm in love, parentheses, with a stripper. Okay, so that's, you know, that was a classic of the 2000s, I think. Um, then there's, of course, two chains of song with, with Nicki Minaj. Um, I love Dem Strippers. Um, and then Lil Pump's recent release um, with two chains again, Stripper Name. So this is the kind of like upper echelon music that we're dealing with here. When we got a song called Stripper Bowl from the Migos. Um, Matt, you want to you wanna go into just reviewing the song? Yeah, so... My gun with the Migos is that ever since, ever since like their first album, Culture, that I thought was really good, ever since they blew up with that. Wait, 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 wait. Culture's not the first album. First big album. Big my bad. You're a big fan. What? No, okay, so YRM, Young Nation, No Label, No Label 2. I mean. Uh, y'all done? <laughs> I would call it their breakout. I would call it their breakout album, maybe into the mainstream okay, okay, culture. Okay, okay, fine, fine, fine. The first major breakout album ever since that one, with the re- release of Culture Two and the solo albums, to me they've gotten boring. All of their verses mm-hmm. have more ad libs than verse words. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's just like it's just like slow and it's gonna get boring here. Quavo would be like, I went to the pool. Pool. Yeah, yeah, pool. Like, that's like, oh. <laughs> I don't know. That's not Well, actually, the, in the new song, Stripper Bowl, the, the chorus of the song actually doesn't have any words in the English dictionary. It's only noises. <laughs> can you give it, can you give us a sampling, Brian? It kind of goes like, woo, woo, yeah, yeah, woo. Like, that's what it is. Like, I'm not even exaggerating. Like, that's what it is. Here, I'm looking at it right now. I will give us a reading for the listeners, okay? Whoa, uh, cha, yeah, hey. Uh, whoa, yeah, we going, uh. Sue, 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 Sue. So, that... Ends my quote. Hey, and I just want to say, one could argue that 
there's actually a hidden message behind it, which is the fact that, like, they believe that you don't really need words to send it out. <laughs> I think they just were getting really bored, and they were like, ah, oh, shit, we need to release an album. Let's just start fucking yelling in the microphone and see if we can bang something out, and that's about what they got right there. Are you insinuating that there was not very detailed thought behind each one of their lyrics? Believe it or not, I don't believe so. Alright, I've been biding my time over here. You know, this is a massive, massive overreaction to, I will agree, a bad song. But Culture <laughs> 2 was a good album. Henry. Oh. I'm just going to say it. How can you compare culture to no labels, dude? What? Henry, culture two is like twenty-five songs. I'm not. I'm not at all. I'm just saying it was a good album. Anyway. And I think a lot of people would agree with me on that. That's not coming out of left field. So I think to say that they're on the decline is unfair. And I think they're just they're just gonna release another album and we'll see how that goes, but I wouldn't say that they're on the decline at all. I mean I liked Pure Water or whatever. That's kind of a banger. <laughs> hey, here's the thing. Were there were there good songs on Culture Two? Yes. But when you put 24, 25 songs on an album, you're bound to have like at least five that stick. You know, and know, for me, I'm not a big fan of the idea of just releasing a ton of music and hope that some of them blow up. Like, that's just not music, music, like a type of music that I enjoy for at least for an album, like in its entirety. That's just me. So, that's more of the reason that I'm saying that, but whatever. What do we, now? Uh, we can talk about culture too another time. But I think people, people already have their opinions on that. Okay, fair. Uh, let's see. Last new song. Or two more new songs I want to talk about. The Little Baby and Future Song. What? I thought this shit was hot. I don't know if y'all listened to it. I know Brian did. This song was really good. I need to listen to it a lot of times before I can give you like a full opinion. But like, yeah, it's good. And then I only listened to it once, but the uh, Cam- Camilla... Cabello, is that how you say her name? Mm, Camila Cabello and Sean Mendes' song. I mean, I'm not super a fan, but this is me. Alright. So, moving on to our final segment and our final little section of the podcast here. Uh, If you've made it this far, I'd say. Congrats. You're a pretty good <laughs> listener. Um, if you made it this far, we'd love it if you went and followed us on at the College Uproar on Instagram and at College Uproar on Twitter. Uh, and you can get updates on uh, when podcasts are being released. But now with our scenario, uh, we've got Matt. All right, guys. What's up? This is a segment on our show. We're going to close out most shows with this segment. And essentially is... I will give the other, my other three podcast members, Alex, Brian, and Henry, a scenario. And they have to give like, their answer to best fit it 
I think the only way to really give an idea of what this segment is is to jump right into this week's scenario. So, boys, what five non-basketball playing major four-sport athletes, that's football, baseball, and hockey, what five football, baseball, and basketball, football, baseball, and hockey players would you choose as your starting five for a pickup game? I want you to list the positions that each player has and why. Hey, Matt, Matt, real quick. Is it okay if I went outside of those three sports and went in, like, one player from another sport? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Well, it's found upon. <laughs> All right, Brian, you're up first, right? All right, so I'm going to jump right into it with um, my point guard. So when you think point guard, right, there's a lot of times a parallel drawn to, like, a football quarterback. You know, you're looking for leadership. So, like, my first thoughts when I think of a football quarterback, I think Peyton Manning, I think Tom Brady, you know, the kind of the greats of our generation. But can you imagine those old guys on the court? Like, I don't think they'd be able to hit me. So I'm thinking young QBs, right? And my first thought is Patrick Mahomes. He would be, in my mind, a fantastic point guard. And so I actually looked it up, and he there's a there's a pretty incredible video on um on Mahomes playing some pickup basketball, and he's he's kind of a monster. Um, unfortunately, though, the Chiefs saw the video and told him that he had to stop playing basketball. So aside from that, he would be a great point guard. Um, shooting guard, I'm thinking, okay, Matt Kemp. Hear me out. What? So Matt Kemp he's fat. was a. He's what? Fat. Listen, listen. Fat Shane and Matt Kemp. <laughs> he's he's happy with his body. I think. Yeah, we don't all have to conform to your beauty standards. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, anyway, so Matt Kemp was actually a star basketball player in high school. Um, he won two back-to-back state championships, and his high school team ranked third in the nation. So he's got a lot of basketball experience. Um, and I, I chose him as a shooting guard, but upon further investigation, I learned that he actually played several positions in high school, but he did actually specialize as a shooting guard. So that's a good reason to have him a shooting guard. And he said that he ended up going the baseball route because his athleticism was just more suitable to baseball. So yes, I like, he's a little fat, okay? But for my pickup game, I'm putting him in. Um, all right, all right, all right. Moving on, second, okay? I got Mike Evans. So, according to data from every NFL combine since 2013, Mike Evans has had the longest arm length of any receiver in the NFL, which would definitely come in handy. And he's always been within the top three in height among receivers. Um, so I think he would be a great candidate for a powerful center. Um, power forward. Uh, okay, this is kind of out there. Miles Garrett. <laughs> he okay. is, he's extremely athletic. And he might be a little big, but I think that he would he would be able to guard like you know some powerful opponents. Um, he also has a six eleven wingspan, which is like pretty crazy since he's like six four or something like that. Um, so that'll help him out on the court. And then finally, uh, small forward Antonio Gates. So Antonio Gates, he's a little fat too, Alec. I hope that's okay with you. Brian's got um, a chonky lineup here. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> 
He was well. It cancels out with people like once Mike they, Evans. Once they get down the court, they'll be good. But they've got to get down there <laughs> first. Anyway, Antonio Gates was also a stellar basketball player, but not in high school. In college, he didn't play football in college. He played basketball, and he um he got a six four you know build. So that was considered a little too small for the NBA. But like he could definitely fit well with this team, I think. And that is my pickup basketball team. A little football heavy, but you know, it's good. All right, all right, that's uh, that's fine, I guess. So, <laughs> I'll lead mine off same way Brian did with the point guard. So, my point guard, I went with somebody who is just extremely athletic in multiple sports. That would be Odell Beckham Jr. And OBJ played basketball in high school and was a varsity letterman in basketball. So, like he was like he was legit. Like he he was good. And he's, uh, let's see, I think he's 6'3", um, but he, uh, he he played basketball and was good, and he also played soccer, and is actually pretty good at soccer. So, like, he's all around just got very, very good athleticism across the board. So, I think starting with him at point guard would be great. He can he can cross up some people. Then, if only you were baby. Then at shooting guard, I'm going with Julio Jones. Uh, first of all, he can run a 4-3-9 40-yard dash, so he's beating all of Brian's players down the court. Um, <laughs> but he's also 6-3, and he's got a big old wingspan, so like he's going to be able to guard just about anybody, and I know for a fact he can jump, seeing him uh, play both wide receiver and a little bit of safety uh, for uh, for Atlanta. So at small forward, I'm, I'm pulling this one out of the bag here. I'm going with uh, Thibaut Courtois. The uh, the soccer goalie, uh, he plays for Real Madrid, and I went with him because he's six six, so he's taller than all of Brian's players. Um, but I wanted to go with somebody who was about the NBA average for a small forward, and I know he's athletic, and he's got the hands to play goalie. Uh, so I, I know he's he's able to handle himself, and he's he's got the, uh, the you know goalies are always throwing it in to their players, so he's got at least a little bit of experience throwing a ball around so hopefully that might translate a little bit to basketball now at power forward i've got a real stud here i'm going with uh with aaron judge first of all Ooh, I, I thought about him I yeah didn't think about him. first of all he's six seven so he's a big boy but he also he's he fat, played though. he played basketball not really not as fat as matt kemp uh he played basketball <laughs> in high school and averaged uh his senior year, he averaged 18 points per game with 13 rebounds per game and two almost two and a half blocks per game. So he was athlete. I mean, this he was no no small small potatoes here on the basketball court. So I think he could definitely <laughs> show out, and he's very fast, very athletic. So again, another guy beating Brian's entire team down the court. Yeah, Alec just wants everyone to know that uh, Aaron Judge or yeah, Aaron Judge was big potatoes. Not small potatoes. So at center, I'm going with the tallest hockey player in the whole league, Zdeno Chara, who is 6'9". So I'm going with him because you put him down low. All you got to do is throw the ball up to him, and he's reaching over everybody, putting it right in the hoop there. I mean, he's obviously athletic enough to be playing hockey, which is a really fucking hard sport. So he can body just about anybody down low and just take it right into the hoop. I'm sure he's just bodying just anybody you're putting on him. And there's a picture of him next to Shaq, and he makes Shaq look like a regular-sized person. So seeing that is just 
ridiculous, and he's taken anybody down low. It's not even going to be close. So that's my. I just want to. I want to briefly mention the fact that the average height for a center in the NBA is six eleven. So I don't know if he'd be towering over everybody, but I. I understand. Brian, how tall is the tallest guy on your team? Uh, six six. Yeah, that's what I thought. Oh, like, oh, like, are you concerned that hockey players don't have to run? Dude, what do you? They have to go up and down the court. There you have. They are athletic as fuck. But they don't have to run. But they like they skate, which is that hard. That's a running sport. They still have strong okay, legs. Not, I mean, they have really strong yeah, legs. They're, they're, I'm asking. I'm just asking. They have the endurance there. Very he, he may not be a runner, but he's a skater. He, I'm sure he does skating endurance. I mean, that's a thing. I'm very unconfident. All right. My team. Okay. Starting at the point guard spot. I've got Mookie Betts. Ooh. Mookie Betts is a five-tool player in baseball. He can he can hit for average power. He's fast. He's smart. And he was in the World Series of Bowling. <laughs> Little did you know. So he's already a size four guy. I think he has the tools and the general athleticism. And he's a winner. So I think he's a good person to lead the team. <laughs> As shooting guard, I'm, I have to copy Brian with Matt Kemp. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, was, was great in high school. I have to agree. He played with Sheldon Williams, who was a number four overall pick. Won two state championships, averaging 20 points on that team. Very enticing selection. Um, the fat wasn't was considered, but <laughs> overall, I don't know. Water under the bridge to me. Okay. <laughs> My other wing is Terrell Pryor from Ohio. Mm. From, uh, I think he's on the Jets now, but uh, he was recruited to Ohio State for basketball during the time when they were making Final Four runs left and right. So they were a powerhouse basketball school, and he was going to play for their basketball team until Urban Meyer was a dick and didn't let him. So we don't even know how good he is. So he's exciting. Yeah, we have no idea. So It's a wild card. All right. Jimmy Graham at the forward position. Jimmy Graham played basketball at Miami and averaged six a night in the Atlantic Post Conference. That's nothing to scoff at, and I think he has the experience we need down low in the post. And lastly, I have Julius Peppers, who played at University of North Carolina. And that, that's just that. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's getting blocked by my guys, as Dino. Blocks left and right. Well... Thankfully, he's a defensive end, so he's really good at getting around blocks. <laughs> oh, God. Just, I didn't need that pun. That was good. Henry, that was good. Just All right. right. So, so, you know what was interesting listening to these selections? is It's very interesting how you know we, we as basketball fans take for granted height. You know, because when Brian's like Antonio Gates as a wing player – 
You know, in my mind, I'm thinking Antonio Gates is like a, you know, like a center, like he's like a big, like chunky guy. But he's like nowhere near as tall as like Kevin Durant or Zayn like, or, like, or like I don't know, Kristaps or Giannis. Like you guys are monstrous, monstrous, tower tall guys playing center. That was one thing I took away from that. But I just gotta, say, I gotta give it to Henry on this one. Because you know, all five of his players have basketball experience. And, you know, while you can be really tall... Wait, Mookie Betts has basketball experience? Mookie Betts oh. has... No. Oh, sorry. Four of his five players have basketball experience. And the fifth one is a point guard. You can just be a facilitator and that would be okay. Like, the thing is about basketball is, like, shooting a basketball isn't easy. And, you know... I like saying that, like, one of those guys was, like, a letterman in high school playing basketball. I lettered playing basketball in high school. <laughs> Matt, maybe I'll throw so, you out there. A little self-roast. Six man, six man, but Matt Howard. I'm just saying, lettering in high school basketball doesn't mean that you're, you know, the end-all, be-all of basketball players. So, Henry, congratulations. Thank you. On your victory. One Ryan, Alec, you guys had great submissions this week. I could tell the effort was there, but um, I wish the best next week. I, I'm just saying I'm taller than everybody, so y'all are all going down no matter what Matt says. That's just a lie. Well, guess what? We're all taller than you in real life, so. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, any, any last thoughts before we close? No. Nope. Oh, uh, yeah, actually. We, we hope you enjoyed our first episode. <laughs> um, we talked about the debates quickly, but uh, be sure to check out my article um, about the Democratic debates. Check out Henry Henry Alford on collegeuproar.com. Uh, we thank you for joining us for our first episode, first ever episode of Financially Unstable College Kids. I hope you'll, uh, you'll continue to tune in. Um, that's all for this week. Thanks. A hundred ships a day Lonely sailors Pass the time away And talk about their homes And there's a girl In this harbor town And she works Laying whiskey down They say brandy Fetch another round She serves them whiskey and wine The sailors say brandy You're a fine girl Summer's day bringing gifts from far away, but it made it clear it couldn't stay. No horror was his home. The sailor said, Bring
Say, she hears them say, Brandy, you're a fine girl. You're a fine girl. 